Hello, and welcome to The Writing Forge, where we discuss tips and tricks for honing your writing. I'm Bonnie. I'm Miranda. And we're your hosts. Let's Let's get get into it. it. Welcome, listeners. Today we have with us Valerie Isan, and today we are also going to be talking about conflict, choice, and consequences, some of the funnest things in fiction. Welcome, Valerie. But before we get too much into the topic, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get to be where you are in your writing journey today? The shortest version, I suppose, (laughs) would be when I was in my 20s, my husband at the time died in a car accident. So I had always thought, you know, like that aspirational Mm -hmm. aspiration of a wannabe writer, you know, like it was so far removed. It was just way off in the distance. So when he died, I turned to books as you would as a book lover, Mm -hmm. looking for something that would help, you know, tell me what to do or how to feel or, you know, connect with somebody else that had this experience. And there really wasn't any, it was pre 9-11 So young widows were like, that was not a norm. And so I thought, you know, oh, well, I guess maybe at the end of this, that will be the book that I write, you know? So that was my first book was a memoir on, uh, on losing him and being pregnant at the same time. (laughs) That's how I got into, into writing, I suppose. Um, and so is that your, that's your only published book? Do you have other? No, I have. Um, so I just, that was my first published book. Then I did a, um, a nonfiction on how to grieve. Then I did a, a novel, a women's fiction. And then I just published my second memoir in March called You nice. Can't Dance a Lie. Oh, so you've got a nice, uh, round well-rounded genre options it is you know when you pick out what you want to write about that probably isn't the most (laughs) business savvy way to do it but (laughs) (laughs) but that was the way it came out and uh and I do I do like reading memoir as a genre as a genre I prefer to purchase them women's Mm. fiction genre and and some other of the genres um like I I kind of dig mystery but a little bit more than cozy mystery but not as gritty as other <laughs> mysteries can get you know so medium mystery kind of like a louise penny sort of mystery i can i can get behind but uh but yeah mostly i read women's fiction and memoir so i feel kind of like i as a as a coach and an editor i kind of feel like i specialize a little bit in memoir people come mm-hmm. to me because more they're thinking about memoir yeah but i do well, like I really, fiction too i really like this topic that you suggested on conflict choice and consequence because I feel like it's nice in that it does relate it can relate to both memoir mm-hmm. non creative nonfiction and fiction um, in slightly different ways maybe for some of them but really they're important for both of them and it really fits with a lot of different um, structures too so if you like you're really into the hero's journey well this you know goes with it or if you really like mm-hmm. the heroine's journey this goes with it or if you like the snowflake method this goes with it like it really pairs with really any kind of um, structure that you prefer using yeah so let's um let's let's, let's start with the first one okay let's let's start with the first c with, with conflict in this triplet yeah let's start with conflict so why why is conflict important for keeping reader interest so as an author the conflict typically is what the story is about about yeah the main um, overarching conflict the yeah. main the main overarching conflict tiny interpersonal conflicts like conflict is uh not always the most interesting thing but it is definitely like that's where oh, i'm trying to remember how someone phrased it uh it is not coming to me quickly enough but there's something about like conflict is the friction and the friction is where like the meat of the story the passion of the story the fire in the story Right. Yeah. yeah. It certainly causes the tension in in the story, and so that 
the tension is what carries the pace forward too. And yeah, so conflict is super Mm -hmm. important. Um, In the beginning of the novel, a reader needs a hook. So that necessarily, uh, I mean, that gives you the initial interest in the story. Um, And then of course, knowing what the character wants, you know, within the first chapter probably is what um, makes a reader kind of want to root, you know, for the protagonist. The conflict is, Mm. in my opinion, the thing that like throws the character for a loop like breaks them out of the ordinary world. It could be the inciting incident, but it doesn't have to be. But it does need mm-hmm. to be the thing that sets up the conf- the the choice at the end. So I think they, they kind of work um, in tandem with each other. So like maybe the beginning of the story, the character's really self-absorbed and uh, and then at the end would, you know, through the character arc would change to a um you know a self-sacrificing person so whatever right. that conflict is for that character would have to mm. be something that would highlight that conflict. flaw of being um self-absorbed so i think conflict is important because it it sets up the character journey i guess yeah it it breaks up the inertia of a also character's that, yeah. life whether whether they're at rest it gets them going or whether they're mm-hmm. in the middle of running and they need to stop and evaluate like conflict conflict is the engine that helps facilitate change like you were saying Mm -hmm. so it yeah i think there's conflict little c throughout the whole novel or memoir but conflict with the big c that is the thing that happens at the beginning of the book that the thing that pulls you through the whole that starts it all yeah like if it's a Mm -hmm. mystery your conflict or like if it's a murder your conflict is who killed this person but you can have little conflicts in the in in the interim Mm -hmm. of like what's stopping me from solving the big conflict Mm -hmm. so um, so talking about conflict, how, how do you develop or identify? I said, I said, I put both of those in this question because develop, if it's fiction, you got to come up with the conflicts yourself. If you're writing memoir, you have to, you're, you need to choose something that already existed. So how do you develop or, or identify the compelling conflicts to drive your story forward? I think it's thinking about that ordinary world, that, that thing that breaks you out of it. Uh, so if you're doing, if you're doing memoir, it's the, so a memoir is just the, the short, it's just a, a, a small portion of the whole life story. Right, it's not the full so it's autobiography. Like the, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. So it's the time that you, I don't know, joined the military or something mm-hmm. like that. So whatever it is that kicks off you into that section of your life, whether it's a death or if it's um, um, a separation of some kind or like leaving for college or um, doing a job interview or, you know, something that breaks you out of the ordinary world and, and makes it so that you can't go back. Like you have to address it. It's not something you can ignore. Well, and that's probably why so many memoirs are things like people living through specific historical events or, or mm-hmm. something like that, because I think, or like the 127 hours guy, like there was, there was a, there was a conflict that happened. Um, and that's what makes for an interesting memoir, right? If we're just, mm-hmm pick all of someone's life it might not be well it would be an autobiography and not a memoir Um, and boring (laughs) and possibly boring yeah exactly (laughs) so i think so for so for memoir you're looking at which portion of my life like honestly i almost wonder if it's easier to pick the conflict for memoir than it is for fiction well it's kind of yeah exactly you know (laughs) um but so the hard parts about writing memoir are if you are trying to there's a lot more telling than Mm. showing in memoir it tends to be that way and that of course is boring (laughs) for the reader so you have to put things in scene so trying to trying to mine a memory 
that would be representative of whatever it is that you're trying mm -hmm. to tell. If you can't find that, you can't <laughs> right. recreate you can like you can't up. just make yeah. it up because it's memoir. So that really that's the I think the most limiting thing about yeah. memoir. So how do you develop a compelling conflict for fiction since right. it is under your control? Right. When I write, I usually start with a character and and the character mm. flaw. What is if I know what it is that the character is going to have to battle through the whole novel internally? whether they know right. it or not, you know, at the beginning, they usually don't know it. And, and whatever it is that I pick, I think that tells me kind what the conflict, conflict is yeah. going to be. Yeah. Like, is it going to relate around? Like, if you think about, because you're probably too young for this, mm -hmm. but if there's a movie in the eighties called the baby mm -hmm. boomer, and she is this high powered executive, um, female, she's just like, I don't know if I can swear it's on this, right. <laughs> she's the top echelon, you know, she's really important and she's got lots of assistance and she's always wearing a suit and she has great plans. And then she gets this um, inheritance and the inheritance turns out to be a baby. So she is thrown into this like world that she is not interested in, knows nothing about and has to take care of this baby. And she ends up, so that's self-absorbed, I guess, you know, that would be a good example of right, being self-absorbed. She's like totally into her own mm -hmm. world. And now she has to, she's, she has to care for someone else. They're dependent on her, you know, for her life. It's mm -hmm. a baby. So she has to grow because, you of know, it through through that so that by the end of the movie she starts out self-absorbed at the end of the movie she has to make a sacrifice you know of her old life and in favor of in, in this case in the movie she decides to you know be a mom turns down corporate america and decides to be a mom so yeah so defining your character flaw or even defining your whole character arc can help yeah yeah to, to determine what the the conflict should be yeah i mean that's just yeah. one mm -hmm. trick oh there are many <laughs> well what do you do miranda uh i tend to go back to like when i have a theme i try to go back to theme so like if if i have a theme for like what i want to say for the story like i try to think of like if if that is where i'm starting i try to think of what would be the best way to showcase this and showcase what I'm trying to say and like, okay, in a mm -hmm. conflict, there are two sides. So what are both sides of this issue and make sure that, you know, there's at least one thing right on either side and there's at least one misconception on either side and let all of that mesh. And cause it's, it's, I feel like I, cause, cause an easy answer. Yeah. Black and white is not going to be as compelling black and white is not as compelling it has its place yeah. and sometimes it's really nice to just be like oh thank that's god that's the bad guy that's the bad guy <laughs> and i don't have to think about it and i yeah. don't have to question it but it's i i find way more interesting things in the gray areas and find way more interesting truths and contradictions that can all be simultaneously true um which i know a lot of people struggle with uh I was talking to a friend of mine, um, an, an author friend who talks a lot about theme and story hypothesis. And, and he was saying that at the beginning of the book would be a representation of the opposite yeah. of your thesis statement of your thematic mm -hmm. statement. So the conflict could, you know, if you start with the theme, then, then that conflict would be like the opposite of like the, the lowest form of what you're saying or the opposite of what you're saying. And then by the end of the book, the characters are behaving and doing themes 
thematically that would that would prove your thesis statement, your thematic mm-hmm. statement at the end yeah. of the book. I'm a big fan of, yeah, the kind of like the, the beginning and the end being reflections of each other, kind of opposites um, in some way. The one other thing I was thinking about for for one other trick for choosing a, a believable or compelling conflict is like you have to pick something that like stretches your character to the limit but doesn't push them too far because if you push them too far then they're it's not going to be believable when they overcome it but if it's too easy for them mm. to solve it then it's not going to be a very interesting book either so you have to find that sweet spot where you're making their life hard but not impossible mm. yeah that actually feeds directly into choice then so if conflicts at the beginning of the book then choice is at the end so the choice is the the thing the big capital c choice the thing at the you know after the dark night of the soul and and they're faced with the dragon like what is the choice that they're going to make um and and i i don't know if it is this gets like chicken and egg for <laughs> mm-hmm. me so the the death of the flaw mm-hmm. either has to happen first in order for them to, to make yeah, the yeah. choice or the act of choosing kills right. the flaw like it's so close i just don't know which comes first but yeah, that's the, and and like you said, it has to be completely, I mean. It has to make sense. In order for it to be realistic and believable for the reader and to to give um, reader satisfaction, the choice has to, the, the two things that they're choosing from has to be like really amazing, hard mm-hmm. things. Like you can't, it's not just a knee-jerk reaction. It's not an easy, oh yeah, of course I would pick that. It has to be like monumental and and that's i think the hardest part to write whether it's especially for fiction i think but but memoir too mining mining your life trying to find that place where you if i go this way that i'm always going to be yeah. this way and i can't you know heal or but yeah the pros and cons list have to be equally excessive right. i suppose otherwise it's a boring choice and then the reader's like eh, the ending is <laughs> yeah. right the- yeah well and then the choice always too has to come from the character i feel like that's something that's very obvious but i also feel like people need to be reminded of like the choice cannot be made for them yeah um they mm-hmm. that i feel like that's always the difficult thing is you're like well they need to make this choice for the plot to work you can't do it like that <laughs> like they it yeah, they have to come to that choice on their own and they have to be the ones to make that choice because otherwise, like, taking away, like, agency is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, making sure that the character always has agency. Like, I feel like the inciting conflict, the inciting incident doesn't have to be within their control. And that Right, often it isn't. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, no one chooses to throw their life. Well, very few people <laughs> choose to throw their life into chaos. Um, because one I don't think people are built that way and two god it's a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) so but at some point they have to they have to be the one making the decision and I I have noticed that that tends to slip with more inexperienced writers Mm -hmm. like like then the character becomes more reactionary rather than proactive in making said choices so but I think one thing that helps make character's choice is believable is just is the setup and making sure that you're being consistent with like if you want them because of the plot to make this choice at the end then you need to have set that up earlier in the book it can't just be come mm-hmm. out of the blue and I guess it's a question of foreshadowing and 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 really developing your characters for sure I think that's the most important part I think if you're if your reader is following along with the character and feels like they do something out of character. It's going to pull the reader right. out of the story. And and yeah, as long as the internal dialogue is there and you can see that inner mm-hmm. tension and that like, oh, I don't know what to choose. And 
you know, feeling that inner tension as a reader, then, then the choice when it's made will be more satisfactory. Right. I think. Yeah. It's back to conflict again, huh? They all fit together, don't they? <laughs> Crazy how that works. They do. <laughs> the three well, let's talk about the third one now. So consequences. Okay. Why are consequences, consequences important? Um, reader satisfaction, mm -hmm. I think, you know, like if you've spent this entire <laughs> book with these characters and then at the end of the book, what you think is going to happen is not going to happen or, you know, if they don't get their comeuppance or whatever, you know, then it's going to be disappointing and, and that will stick, that feeling will stick with the reader and, and you don't really want your reader to feel that at the end or they won't buy more right, books from yeah. you. Um, and also I think the believability, like if it's realistic, mm -hmm. you know, if it's not realistic, then, then again, the reader is going to be left with, with not respect for the, you know, for the pros. Yeah. Well, um, and all actions have consequences, whether you're aware of them or not, because sometimes you don't, you don't see the results of your own actions, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't still like some kind of an effect that came from them. Um, and so I think that ties back into the realism. And then too, like going back to reader satisfaction, like no one wants to hear that all the work that they did didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I mean, that's a great parallel with no one wants to have spent all the, the time reading the book. It didn't matter. Yeah. Like, but like when you're reading a book, it's almost like you are going through it too, or at least you're going through the events alongside your character with them and, and no one like, well, I don't know, I guess there's probably something for everyone. And I'm sure there's a subset of people that like that nihilistic view, but like, I don't, uh, like you, you go through all of this, you go through all of this hardship and then just to have that answer be like sex for you, like really. <laughs> well, it's the classic, whatever that TV show was where like the whole season at the end, they were like, ha ha, it was all just the character's dream. None of this was real. Oh, lost. Oh, was that? Yeah. No. I, I think that. it's happened probably multiple times, but. Um, lost is the one I know. So yeah. like, that's just disappointing. No one likes that. Put in too much work and yeah. What yeah. was it all for? Nothing. <laughs> they they say that endings should be surprising but inevitable. Right. Yeah. So like, and that's really it, hard it to, to write. I mean, I think the hardest thing to write is the choice, mm -hmm. but the, and because the consequence, the consequence actually ends up being kind of easy because it's just what happens the choice, after the yeah. choice. Like it's just sort of the natural consequence. I mean, it is. It should <laughs> just be. Like yes. consequence. It is the consequence. It's just what happens afterwards. But um, in order to make it surprising and inevitable that's a little harder right. to do um so that movie baby boomer i was talking about so she does end up choosing to reject corporate america she doesn't take her you know promotion or whatever and she ends up raising this baby but she's a smart energetic young woman that you know is not just going to stay home and she wants mm -hmm. both you know and so it was an it was a way for her to so what she ended up doing was um starting her own business so it was, it was satisfying for the reader to see that she picked, you know, some self-sacrificing right. uh, choice, you know, to be with this baby and to, and, but then yes, but then yes, she still gets to be strong and individual and independent and, and, uh, and smart. Yeah. So I, I liked that ending. That was kind of an example yeah. of surprising, you know, because she ended up starting right. the business, but of course she would start a business because right. yeah, she's yeah. smart and yeah. energetic, you know? business-minded so. and I feel like with the consequences if um 
<laughs> well, especially with when it comes to consequences and not just talking about the end of the book, but all along the way, consequences can lead to more conflict. So like uh, you have the initial inciting conflict and then you have the character's choice of what to do with that inciting conflict. But then they have the consequences of that choice. Which provides a new conflict. Which provides a new conflict, which mm -hmm. provides a new choice, which provides a new consequence leading up to the big choice and the big consequence. Um, but it helps, it helps maintain tension throughout the book and it helps give you so many avenues in which to mess with them <laughs> and to, so at least really in the fiction about. world. It's really true. It's really true. So when I use the three C's, I do it mm -hmm. globally, you know, through the whole story, but then I also do it mm -hmm. per act, make sure that the act one and act two and act three all have through the three C's. And, um, and you can get even more granular and go down, you know, like yeah, per scene too. And so what you were saying about the the consequence leading into the conflict. So sometimes, sometimes the scene won't have a consequence because it will be the conflict right. of the next mm -hmm. scene. It just sort of like blends in. So that's kind of that fun thread. too, which creates that tension and that, that pacing to keep the pages turning because it is just flowing so fast into the next yeah. chapter. So how does that work with memoir? Is that more just how you like because set Presumably up? the consequences are fixed because it's real life. Memoir is kind of reverse. I, I'm an outliner. I'm a plotter. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys are. Or not. <laughs> but when you write memoir, you know, it's already right. happened. So you're kind of reverse outlining. Mm -hmm. So you start with, oh, this is where it ended. Well, where did it start? <laughs> oh, I started here. Okay, well, where was... So in memoir... It is expected and and artfully required, I suppose, like to rearrange yeah. time. Okay. It happened, but it doesn't have to necessarily happen. When in you order. tell the reader, so you, you mean, can move. When when you're that? telling the reader what happened, you don't tell them everything in order. Yeah, because you you borrow from that literary device. You've got to have that you know rising action and the you know it it has to work on a literary arc, and and so sometimes in real life the choice, like the most important choice that you make that like changes your life trajectory might be like chronologically at the middle <laughs> point of the book, but you don't want act three to be an entire, right. you know, 150 pages. Like that's really boring. Yeah. And we've all watched movies where we're like, okay, that ended now. like yeah. 45 minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> so you don't want your book to be like that. So you can move things around, you know, in a literary, borrow from that literary form. And you can make the choice actually be, you know, way later in the story. And yeah, so you can just manipulate time a little bit. It, yeah. it helps. But yeah, reverse engineering, I guess, at first and figuring out like, okay, if this was the consequence, then what was the choice that led up to that consequence and, and do that through the whole book? That's how I do it anyway. That makes sense. <laughs> and And like... I think the first thing I start with when I think of memoir, obviously, is like the section of time you're talking about in the in the whole life, but then also um, finding that core message, right. that mm -hmm. theme. I think theme is really, really important in memoir because, because it is a true story and because people are reading it for a specific purpose. I think that, that, um, you know, sometimes in some memoir, like maybe the dialogue is lacking a little bit, like you, there isn't a lot of dialogue. There's more reflection, mm -hmm. which kind of is appropriate in a in a memoir but because of that you have to like make up for it in other literary devices right. so having that strong story hypothesis that strong thematic statement to kind of like 
keep going back to so that you're not just sort of spinning off into like this happened and then this happened <laughs> right. and then like this the happened. Grade. And it was just like a <laughs> series of, yeah, a series of vignettes that don't really go together very well. So you have to like pick and choose what goes in there. And Which I mean, I feel like all of this has analogs in fiction as well. You can't write about literally everything your character does. Mm-hmm. Um, Exactly. I wouldn't want to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, probably. <laughs> well, some people are overwriters yes. and then yeah. they cut down in revision. And I'm mm-hmm. an underwriter. So I like bare bones and then flesh it you out. 40,000 words. And then I have to go back in and add all the setting and go back in and add in, you know, inner dialogue or whatever. But so the overwriters are going to be like, oh, this happened and <laughs> this happened. And okay, all you don't need eight scenes showing this one thing happening. <laughs> right. So let's pick two. And then we woke up and we had breakfast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we... <laughs> yeah, cut that stuff out too. <laughs> Unless you had an argument at breakfast, it's okay. You can just say they got they hit the road after right. waking and breakfast. <laughs> well, and I feel like mm-hmm. um, either way, whether you're an underwriter or an overwriter, using this this idea of conflict, choice, and consequence can help you get to whichever side you need to be you know if yeah and it works if you're a yeah, potter exactly. or a pantser or like i said it works with any kind of other structure that you're using i really like louis hawker's take off your pants have, have you not. read that book oh fantastic I, book i really love it's on it on my list <laughs> but she, yeah she talks about having that starting with that character and the flaw and then the three legs of the, the stool mm-hmm. the plotting and the yeah so any 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 structure that you're going to use is going to work with this three yeah. c's just consider what, you know, what are my characters? What's the conflict right now? What choice are they going to make? What are mean the consequences? And then rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, I think we're pretty much out of time. Yep, that was, yep. We unfortunate, are. as always. It's always said. I love talking yeah. shop. <laughs> time goes so fast. You can, you can talk about these things for so long. Um, but the consequence of that would be... <laughs> probably bored listeners i don't know <laughs> would be would be an hours longs conversation i don't know could be fun could be fun i don't know but listeners let us know i'm no, just kidding <laughs> maybe maybe we should have that as like a uh once we hit so many views we can Do have a like long a episode a long episode Patreon. yeah, yeah there, we go. there we go uh thank you so much for joining us today valerie we appreciate having you on. oh it was awesome it was fun all right so question for our listeners um what is the best conflict choice and consequence that you have come across mm. either in your own writing or in someone else's yeah I- identify the three of them and yeah let us know on our socials stay sharp my friends we hope you enjoyed this episode of the writing forge a writing heights podcast brought to you by nikano press post-production by luke william productions to learn more about the writing forge check out our social links in the episode description subscribe to the writing forge wherever you listen to podcasts don't forget to rate and review for more informational writing content be sure to become a writing heights member